0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: There are people that won't live for God right now because they want to have stuff. They're just trying to get and have. And they're gonna they're gonna miss God and they're gonna be alive at a time where no matter what they did to get there, they're not gonna have it. It's gonna be scarce, right? No matter how much you have or what you got going on, there's nothing worth not being right with the Lord. And I hope that we'll all believe that no amount of money, no amount of success apart from God, there's really, there's nothing worth not being right with God. I'd rather be broke and saved than rich and damned.
0: Look at the lives of many movie stars, and you quickly know that money does not buy happiness. You can spend your whole life chasing monetary wealth and miss the key to being truly wealthy. As Pastor Bill shares, true riches can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You may find yourself completely broke and bankrupt, but if you have Christ, you have all you need. In God's economy, less is more. To give is to receive. You must give up your life to receive life, life in Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 6, as he continues his message, The Sealed Judgments.
1: For those that are loved by God and belong to the Lord, for us to die, to be absent from the body is to be what? present with the Lord. It's amazing, right? But you die without Christ and the Bible says, what happens then? You'll forever be without Christ in a place the Bible calls hell that's created to destroy Satan and the angels that fell with him. It's a place of torment forever and ever and ever. There are people that don't, they have a problem with that concept, but that's what it says. And that's why God is reaching out to save people, but both things about God are true. At the same time that these people are experiencing a little bit of hell on earth, there's a group that just got caught up to be with the Lord that are, they're in glory, on their faces, giving worship and praise in the purest sense ever. And at the same time, these two things are happening and it's all based on what you chose to do, what you decided to do with Jesus. Rather, you decided to let him be Lord. Rather, you decided, I don't want this. There are people that have been in churches, heard the gospel, understood it, eyes were opened, and they said, I don't want that right now. I wanna do me. I wanna do my thing and God will let you do that but it comes at a cost. It comes with a price tag. And so people should be aware that both things are true, right? Uh, it's unfair to only preach the goodness of God. It also is unfair to just preach the justice and the wrath. I got to let you know that both things are true. And, and we get to decide which one of those we're dealing with. And so here, if God says, look, I'm this is part of my punishment on the earth, I'm just going to remove peace. You want, it, you want chaos? I'm going to let you live in chaos. I'm going to just remove peace. And so... Um, Moving on now, look at the next thing in verse five. It says, and when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius and and do not harm the oil and the wine. So this third seal is open. The third horse is a black horse. Um, sad because I always like how black horses look. I think they look cool, but not this black horse right here. So um, the black horse comes and and the rider has these scales in his hands. And as you look at the scales in the hands of the black horse, um, there's these. they're measuring out. And it says a measure of a quart of barley for a denarius, or a wheat for a denarius and a quart of barley. And so these are... The ingredients to make a loaf of bread, a denarius would be equivalent to them to a day's wage. So I want you to understand it's speaking of a time of of, of scarcity, a time where there's just not a lot of things. There's not a lot of food to go around. I want you to imagine whatever you make for a day's wage. Everybody here that works a full day's work. Imagine working all day. Maybe you work an eight hour job or whatever. And at the end of that day, you had enough money to buy a loaf of Wonder Bread. Y'all will quit tomorrow. Y'all, I'm not getting up for that. I'll starve, you know. But that's essentially this time of scarcity. This is part of the judgment of God. God has said, "Look, I'm going to cause things to be so scarce that the price is going to be so high that after working a whole day, you got enough to buy a little bit of bread. I mean, a loaf of bread. You got to you got to buy the ingredients. You got to go home and make it yourself. So, um, you know, that's what it's going to be like. What is what is God doing through this? Well. Something that the enemy is going to do through this is there will be scarcity and it'll be hard to get. And something we know that will come up later in Revelation during the tribulation period is Satan is going to create a system. It's, it's, he's going to be running things at this time. And there's going to be a system in place where in order to buy or sell, you got to do what? You Got to take a mark. Now, if you take that mark, can you go to heaven? No, if you take the mark of the beast, it's a wrap. You're for certain going to hell. So I want you to consider this for those. I've heard people say stupid things like this. You know, if all this is true, when the church is raptured, then I'm going to get saved. I'll get saved during the tribulation period. That's dumb. Dumb. By if you can't live for God under the time of during right now where there's grace and mercy. What makes you think that when it could cost you your life, when if you have kids at home that are hungry and you don't take a mark that'll damn you to hell, you can't buy food, you can't sell, you can't make money, and you can't spend money. You just are stuck in that society where you're not supported, the government's against you, the whole system is against you, if you get caught being a Christian, we'll kill you because people are gonna die for their faith during this time. What would make you think you're gonna be strong enough to do that when you can't live for God right now when God's all merciful and gracious? That's not even a reasonable thought, Amen. And it's dumb anyway, because why would you choose to be here for this when you could be here, you could be born again right now, right? So anybody that thinks like that, I've just heard people say that. I mean, if I could give a holy smack, I would give a holy smack. You can't, you can't. But if I could, I would give one to people that say stuff like that. So, um, so this is a time of scarcity, and it is going gonna, gonna to pave the way for this satanic system where it says, look, in order to buy or sell, you got to come through me. I'm, I'm going to be the doorway for that. And so imagine the the pressure. I mean, if I'm a dad, I got a wife, I got kids, I got people that I want to provide for. Imagine the pressure of, I can't give them anything. Timmy's hungry. Kids are crying. Wife is, and I can't function in society. I can't do anything. I don't want to take the mark. Just imagine like that's what people are going to be living through. Some people are going to succumb to that pressure and go in and get the mark. And they'll eat for a while, but they're going to die and go to hell eventually, you know? And so again, these things are here. God is saying, this is all part of my judgment. Um, part of my part of my judgment on the earth. <laughs> take this out. There are people that won't live for God right now because they want to have stuff. They're just trying to get and have. And they're going to they're gonna miss God and they're going to be alive at a time where no matter what they did to get there, they're not going to have, a, it's going to be scarce, right? Doesn't matter how much you have or what you got going on, there's nothing worth not being right with the Lord. And I hope that we'll all believe that no amount of money, no amount of success apart from God, there's really, there's nothing worth not being right with God. I'd rather be broke and saved than rich and damned. I, I would much rather be, I'd be broke as a joke, but I know I'm going to heaven when I, I'll take that every time because I won't be broke in heaven. <laughs> so, um, so moving on, there's a time of scarcity. The last thing it says though, it says do not harm the oil and the wine. Um, and these are items that, and, and that would represent luxury. And so uh, somehow, interestingly, they'll still be, They'll still be the wealthy in the midst. there will still be those that are, that, are, that are having much in this time um, for a period of time. As we continue through the tribulation period, we're going to see that it gets worse and worse and worse. Now look at the fourth seal, verse 7. It says, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse. Uh, the word pale there, it's, it's, a, it's like an ugly greenish color. Um, But this pale horse is there and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death and with the beast of the earth. And so this last or this fourth horse, uh, this pale horse is given power uh, to kill or power to, to kill and to create death on the earth. And so the four ways that it would, would kill or bring death to the earth would be with sword, war, hunger. People are going to die of hunger. Um, they're going to die of just death. Um, and then by the beast of the earth. And so death is brought about. Now, a fourth of the people. So I want you to imagine if one out of every four people died. That means that everybody here would be touched by it, right? Um, if one out of every four, the fourth of the people die. There wouldn't be anybody that don't know somebody, somebody in your family, somebody that you know. Everybody is going to be touched by this in a negative way. And it's only going to get more intense later. Later on, there'll be bigger sections that are dying at once. And so, again, as we look at this, God has said this is this is part of the wrath of God being poured out on a world that said, we don't want you. We got this. We'll do it our way. We believe what we believe. And so today, um, if you ask a lot of people, you know, what do you believe? What's gonna happen when you die? Um, What I hear common today, a lot of people want to claim to be spiritual. You know, I don't really do organized religion. I'm just spiritual. Let me tell you what that means if we break it down for what it is. What they're actually saying is I don't follow anybody else's rules, God's or anybody else's. I've got my own thing. So if you got your own thing, guess who's God? You. Problem is you can't save yourself. So for the person says, I don't do organized religion, that's saying, because God, you know, basically I don't do church. I don't do, I don't come under the construct of the church. I don't have any leadership over me. I don't submit to that because that's what God created. So that person said, I don't submit to God and what he created. I got my own thing. There's a danger in that because you're not God. And so, but that's become very common in our culture. People are very comfortable with that. But as you, I, I like to ask questions. So when someone tells me that, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm spiritual or whatever. I'm like, yeah, tell me about that. So what do you believe? What happens when you die? And everything that they give you, I'm like, so where did you get that from? I believe we all die. This, believe this happens. where did you get that from? And you'll find out that everything that they believe they made up. They have nothing. You're anchoring, you're banking eternity on something you just thought, this is what sounds best to me. You're banking eternity on how you like it to go, not how it's going to go. Um, so, we got to be careful with that. That's why the church has to be doing our job of sharing Christ, sharing with people. I want to just read people the scriptures. I want to quote the verses. Rather they accept it or not, I want them to hear what it says. I love to just quote scripture to people. You know, people tell me something like that. I'll tell them, you know, the Bible says it's the point of the man wants to die, and after this is a judgment. You mean you're going to live one life, you're going to die your death, and you're going to be judged. That's what the Bible says. Never mind what you think, never mind what little googly you got on the internet. And, and with your spiritual, you're going to be judged. Do you want to know what you're going to be judged on? Um, and, and we got to roll out the gospel to people. Be judged of what you did with Jesus. People say, if you ask somebody, what do you think judgment's about? I think, you know, me, I think my good outweighs my bad. Me. That's, just, that's, that's just anybody being honest, right? Anybody in this room think your good outweighs your bad? Don't raise your hand. I uh, don't raise your hand up. Your, your good don't outweigh your bad. You've been bad way longer. You bad in secret. You good in public. So, you know, you're in private more than you in public. Your good don't outweigh your bad. And even if it did, it's not good enough to save you. But that's what people think. Oh, you know, I just think, you know, that they think God judges on the scale. As long as I do enough good to outweigh my... No, 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 no. You just bad to the core. And you need Jesus. We, we need a savior. And so... We want to be mindful that that's, that's, that's what happens in our culture. People believe whatever. Um, we got a job. Like As God reveals these things to me, and I'm thinking, wow, there's a time coming where God is going to pour out his wrath, means he's not happy with these things. And in his wrath, God is sending out death. There's peace is removed. There's famine on the earth. There's forth of people are dying. This, these are all a result of God saying, man, I'm, 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 my, the day of reckoning has come. Um, now I'm dealing with this. So for those that look at the condition of the world and you're like, man, when's God gonna deal with this? The rapists and the murderers, the killers and the thieves and this and the that. This is this. As you go through the Old Testament, God over and over again talks about the day. He'll say, well, that that day, that day of his wrath, the day of this, the day comes. This is the day. When we hit the tribulation period, God is like, now we've flipped to that page. Now it's the day. Now it's the time for judgment and wrath for those that wouldn't have me, for those that have said... I will not have that man rule over me. This is a season where God says, I'm pouring out my wrath on the earth for it. So, moving on, after death comes through, it says uh, in verse 9, I, I didn't read the last part of verse 8. So it says, In the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed him. Yes, and power was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Now, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So during the tribulation period, we're going to see it as we continue through the book. There are people that get saved during this period of time. So um, they're going to be called the tribulation saints. So I want you to I want first for us to get the, the just the mercy of God that in this period of wrath, there are going to still be people that God saves. God's still going to be going after people. Um, There are going to be a number of Jews. that This is where the Jews are going to finally wake up to the fact that they need Jesus. The Jewish people as a whole have rejected Christ up until now. Um, And God is still leaving opportunity for them. And during the tribulation period, many of them are going to come to Christ. But at this point right here, we're looking at the tribulation saints. They they die, and they're they're there saying, God, when are you going to avenge us? And so um, look at what it says. they, They have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, verse 10. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. And so they're saying, God, when are you going to avenge those that have killed us, those that have done this to us? And God says just, you know, you guys gotta wait. It's at the end of the tribulation period where we'll see this group again and we'll see God deal with those that have those that were killing his saints, those who were killing believers on the earth. So again, for those that think ought to be easy to get saved in the tribulation, I'll just walk with God then. Look at what happens to believers then, right? There are places on the earth right now where believers are enduring persecution and being killed, but imagine a time when worldwide it's not gonna be accepted to be a Christian. Because Satan is running the show. The Antichrist, the world leader, has been empowered by the devil. Um, it's going to be illegal to be Christian. And people are going to be dying um, in the droll for professing their faith in Christ. And so um, they're just saying, God, when are you going to avenge us? When, when are you going to make it right? And God says, I will. It's coming up. And this is what we got to remember for those that struggle with injustice, um, things that happen that are unjust. I know I do. When I see injustice, I hate it. I hate when I see wrong happen. I hate when I see people in charge, um, people in power that are doing wrong with their power. And but I'm also aware that that they got to deal with God one day. So that's kind of my rather than me getting all stirred up, you know, and and I can't believe their job, you know. Like I'm like, no, you're not really going to get away with that. Not really. Nobody's going to get away with nothing. Everybody's going to give a day. Everybody's going to have a payday. Everybody's going to give an account to Him one day. And so. We got to be careful. I think sometimes Christians can get, we can get so into these things, and not realize that it's all going to be sorted out eventually. Uh, we can do what we can do. We can vote. We can pray. Um, but eventually, people that have been wrong are going to be dealt with. They're going to give an account. If you've been wrong, if you've exercised authority over people in a wrong way, one day you got to stand before their Creator and give an account for what you have done. And so. Um, for those that have been unjust here, those that are killing Christians, those that are coming against believers. During the seven years, it looks like they're the authority. It looks like they're in charge. They, they're up there killing folks and getting away with it. But then God says, no, their day is coming. Y'all are going to be OK. Y'all are down here. Y'all Y'all have died for the faith. Y'all will be in heaven eventually. But their day of judgment is coming, too. What we want to be concerned with, sometimes I see people get so concerned with social justice issues. And you forget that people on both sides are going to hell. Don't lose your mission as a Christian, right? My mission is I want to see people get saved on both sides of every issue because it's it's lost people on every side of every issue. Jesus died for every person on every side of every issue. I can't attach myself so strongly to this side that I, I begin to hate them over there. Maybe I want hell for them. Be careful about that. Be careful about what your mission is, who you're serving. If people aren't right, Coming anyway, they got a day. It's, I know this, I know there's people on every side of every issue going to hell, not living right, don't know God. And so, I want to align myself with the people of God, I want to align myself with Christ, but I want to preach the gospel to people, and I want to be free to share the gospel with everybody because that's what I've been called to do, that's what we've been called to do as a church, amen. And so, moving on, it says now in verse 12, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. So as you open up this sixth seal, um, there was an earthquake. And I want you just to remember these aren't things that are happening in one city, one state, one area. This is worldwide. So the whole earth. Is quaking everywhere. Is experiencing an earthquake. The sun became as black as sackcloth. That means that the world just went dark. God just turned off the lights, and we don't really know what that's like, right? Um, when when the sun goes down, the moon is up, right? There's always some light out there for us. Um, but at this point, God says, "I'm turning. It's going to be black as sackcloth." Anybody here, here ever been so, in, in a place so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of you? Just dark, dark darkness. Um, I went to a, a thing I, I used to go with my old church. They would have every year a pastor's getaway. And one year we would go somewhere nice, you know, and stay somewhere. And then the next year we would go. Uh, we had a lot of pastors that they, they for them getting away was to go camping. Um, that's, I've never been a camping guy, you know. So if I want to get away and relax, I want a hotel room with cushy pillows and a nice bed. I want a tub, you know. These guys, we went up to the Sequoias and put up tents and uh, I took an air mattress to try to bring some comfort, you know, but it was whack. I didn't like it. Bugs outside, you know, where we fished during the day. By 6 p.m., the bears were down there. I'm like, we we we're where the bears live. Like we we moved in where they live. This is not comfortable. So, my first night out there, I got to go to the bathroom, and from my tent to the bathroom is beyond where the doors are here, and it's pitch black. I mean, I'm looking out. I I'm, I. I can't see anything. And I'm like, there's there's no way. I'm, I'm, I can't see anything out here. So, you know, I apologize later, but I just a few, a, a step left of my tent. I just, I I'm just, I got to make it home, you know, so I, I didn't make the walk. So it was dark, dark. And so, uh, yeah, so, but here is part of the, the judgment of God. He just turns off the lights. It's completely dark. Over all the earth, the moon became like blood. And again, all this is God's judgment. Verse 13 says, the stars start falling. And we forget how big the stars are. They're huge. Balls of gas, right? But they're way up in the sky. So we see them at night and they're there. But he says, the stars are going to just start falling down. And he gives a description. He says, like a fig tree, when the figs have been hanging too long and they start falling randomly, just, you know, one falls here, there, the other where. He says, the stars are going to be doing that. So imagine just being on the earth and when God's wrath is poor, you can't, nobody can escape this. You can't escape the hunger part. You can't escape the fourth, the people dying part. You can't escape the fact that peace has been removed. You can't escape here the fact that the earth is quaking, stars are falling out. All these things are happening and God is saying this, I'm unhappy. This is, this is is This is all a result. This is all my judgment on people that have rejected me. So we have to say this about God, right? That God... It does upset God that people would reject him. It's upsetting to God that people would reject his offer. I know I'm guilty. Um, I've shared this before, but I I first heard the gospel when I was 16. First time I heard it, understood it, and felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I was 16. And with clarity, I rejected it. Decided that, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I was doing. And I went on doing what I was doing. And for three years... I made a mess of my life. For those three years after that, I could mark, if there's a regret in my life, it's that I didn't get saved when I first heard it. Because in three years, between 16 and 19, I did a lot of of mess. I made a lot of mistakes. I did did things during that three-year stretch that I still pay for this day. And just that little three-year window. Now, by the mercy and the grace of God, I got another chance when I was 19. And I was a little more broken and a lot more open and God had paved the way and people had prayed for me and I got saved at 19. But I could have been saved when I was 16. And God would have had every right. If I had died between 16 and 19, I would have gone to hell for having rejected Christ. And so I'm grateful for the mercy. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that I didn't die then. I'm grateful for the second chance. I'm grateful that I didn't just keep going as a non-believer. But I know that it didn't please the Lord that I heard it and I understood it, and I rejected it, and I could feel it in my life. If I, if I could look back over my life, and this is, this, this is kind of some of the things that you, know, you look back now, I look back when I, was not, when I was just lost, didn't know the Lord, hadn't heard the gospel, there was this covering over my life that I, I used to think I was just lucky. Everybody in my circle of friends had DUIs except me.
0: We know there are many ways that you can spend your day But we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today, here on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill is working his way through the book of Revelation. There are a variety of things addressed in this book. There are letters written to churches, lots of imagery and prophecy. And the best part, a coming king who will reign supreme. Don't you just love a good story, where good overcomes evil? Jesus is the ultimate in this bringing good and restoring all that's broken and lost. What a wonderful Savior. How do you engage with the book of Revelation? Is it scary to you? Is it confusing? Is it inspiring? We'd like to help you through what you're thinking as you're listening to these messages. Our number is 310-245-4811. Feel free to give us a call. We'd love to connect with you, just in case you missed it. That number is 310 310- 245 A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as God continues to reveal His plan for the world and for us. On behalf of Pastor Bill and the rest of the production team, thanks for being a part of A Transforming Word.